0: Scary at the top Saying everything is safe Order's gone and it's done and it's done Order's gone and it's done And God is gonna get sick of me yeah.
1: My name is Tom Chick, and you are listening to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast, where this week we uh, kind of Uh, sat through Red State. Uh, I am joined by Christian Marisowski, I think. Christian Marisowski. You can just call me Mr. Queer. (laughs) and kelly wand do you have a red state tagline for us i want to hear this
2: yeah uh single dad no woman around mood swings anal about fashion and interior design loves musicals why does everybody think god's straight (laughs) pretend that's my albert brooks doing my jerry seinfeld observational (laughs) Uh, all right,
1: let's let's uh, let's hear it now. Red State, uh, I-, I don't know how you would describe this, so Dingus, I don't envy you what you're about to have to do, but why don't you sum this up for folks who haven't seen it and might not want it spoiled. What is this Red State thing that mm. we all saw this week?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, well, this week we saw Red State, a 2011 American independent thriller horror movie mm. about three randy high school boys to Mm. get kidnapped by some wacky Christian fundamentalists. The film was written and directed by Kevin Smith and stars Carrie Bichet, John Goodman, and Michael Parks. Red State is rated R for strong violence Mm -hmm. slash disturbing content. Mm. Some Mm. sexual content, including Mm. brief nudity and pervasive language. Mm.
1: Pervasive. When
0: was the...
2: That's definitely age-based.
1: When was the brief nudity?
0: The brief nudity was on a cell phone when we're looking at... Oh,
1: the- yes, right, right, yeah, mostly in L.A., that brief nudity. Exactly. Right, all right. All right, well, if you haven't seen Red State, uh, I need to warn you, we are about to spoil it because we have just seen it, uh, and we're going to talk about it uh, in very spoiler-specific terms, so you might want to skedaddle if you don't want it spoiled. Or so,
2: stay, uh, I don't care.
1: Or yeah, if you don't care, stick I don't, around. It's American. Uh, Kelly Wan, why don't you break down in some detail what exactly we saw this week in this Probably. Kevin Smith American thriller horror movie?
2: Uh, American thriller, I like that. <laughs> I see what you're doing there. Uh, <laughs> the red states sis, is what you're asking me to. Ah, yes, uh, a red nice states. states. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh all right uh okay so these three dudes named stifler porky's revenge and bobby ray sue find this haggie 50 year old on redneck who'll do three dudes at the same time in a trailer.com and we know (laughs) which of them's the dumbest because he goes i call the ass i'll let dingus laugh now had to do all that at once sorry so they drive to Trailerville in the middle of the night, and they sideswipe a car, but when they see it's the sheriff getting a blowjob, they get scared and drive away again. So they get to the trailer, and they meet the aging skank, and she hands them all beers and goes, I'll need a lot of beers in them before I can handle three dicks in me. It's a religious thing. What would you guys think of that accent, by the way? Is there, that may become my normal voice. That's about as convincing as Melissa Leo's. That's oh, that's good. That you're Australian? <laughs> A dingo ate my baby. A dingo ate my baby. (laughs) And Billy Joe Doorknob goes... Oh, they're drinking the beers. Sorry. And uh, Billy Joe Doorknob goes, Hey, this has a chalky undertaste. And she's all, so? I mean, so? And he's all, no, I like it. Actually, do you have any actual chalk? I like white, or as I call it, vanilla. And the main dumb kid goes, Hey, how come on the Internet y'all had a yellow happy face, but now you don't? And she goes... "...to obscure my whorish identity, praise Jesus." And he goes, "...oh, uh, any way you could put a happy face mask on or something? No offense." And the third guy's looking at her from all angles, and finally he sighs and goes, Meh, let Bobby Sue have the ass. No offense." And she's all, just drink your beers, praise Jesus, hallelujah. And they're all, why do you keep saying the Jesus stuff? And she's all, well, boys, not the poison in them thar beers, y'all, just drinks taking effect. I guess it's safe to tell you, I'm evil. We're going to kill you three stupid homosexual sinners. Burn in hell, y'all, teenage abomination little motherfuckers. And they just look at her, and then the dumb guy farts quizzically. And then a hot young blonde in short shorts comes in with a six-pack and goes, Sorry, Mama, got the beers mixed up. Here's the poison ones. And she smiles at the horny boys and goes, Howdy, boys! And they're all, uh... And they watch her ass as she sashays out. And the mom clears her throat and hands out the poison beers and goes, Uh, forget what I said a second ago. Just a little southern homespun humor. Will Rogers. Drink these beers. These are the real good ones. And the main dumb guy goes, Look, I know I got killed off in Jennifer's body by ignoring 10 million red flags that I was walking into a death trap, but this time I'm wearing a wife beater. And the second redneck goes... Wait, why would y'all use a woman to bait a trait for gay men? And the first dude goes, Also, why wouldn't you bait it with the hot blonde that just came in instead of you? Isn't she kind of a better decoy? No offense. And during this, the dumbest, tallest one has drunk all six of the poisoned beers by himself, and he belches and goes, No chalky undertaste. I just pounded all six. This is bullshit. Come on, guys. Let's go to that hostel in Europe instead. <laughs> then he passes out. And they're all, what the? And then his body farts, and the other two inhale that, and they pass out too. And as they do, one of them goes, And I thought he smelled bad on the outside. (laughs) Ah, I (laughs) I like you. So the main guy wakes up later in a chicken cage covered in sackcloth he can't see through, and he hears church hymns being sung, and he yells, Hey, this is awesome. Can I pay you guys more money? And Father Harold Camping tasers him unconscious and shuts the cloth, which now the kid can kind of see through all of a sudden, or could if he was conscious. And Father Camping, who conducts church services at 2.45 in the morning, goes to his <laughs> congregation. Where was I? And a toothless hillbilly goes, uh, stone and atheist queer sent by Satan? Oh, quick question, Reverend. I thought God made everything. How does homosexuality reconcile with intelligent design? Also, wouldn't bricks be better? Them's kind of easier to throw while I'm hollering and shooting my gun in my other hand and dancing naked round a barbecue pit. Duh! And Father Ezra Kai goes, Ah, as the good book teaches us, bricks are red the devil's color, except when applied to states and heterosexual blood, as it is written in 1 Corinthians leather 90210. Now, who can tell me what green is? Yes, Habakkuk Jr.? Uh, the lantern's color? Also, why is he called a lantern if he uses a ring? And Father O'Malley goes, Okay, look, flock, I hate to sound like a broken record here, but between now and Vespers presumably we can just focus, stick to matters scriptural, murdering kids, incest, lest we forget what the good book has to say about idle hands, i.e. ones not flourishing protest signs or shooting guns. Hallelujah. And Zeke goes, Hey, were angels ancient astronauts? Because that would make us all green lanterns in a way. And Father fowl's all, Fuck it, look, enough about the Green Lanterns. The good Lord did not give us eyes to waste time reading about fictitious, powerful creatures from the sky. He gave them to aim guns with it. gay people wrapped in saran wrapped with ball gags are ordered from a sadomasochistic Christian website. And Doofy goes, Uh, why do you make deserts and oceans so big and dinosaurs and the situation and Michael Moore and black holes and Mitt Romney and jellyfish? Or do you send the flood because he's a jellyfish? Also, uh... If we're only supposed to have sex to procreate, why don't you make the male sex drive just based entirely on how much you want a kid right that moment? And Father Canical for Fran Lebowitz goes, Amen. Now let's escort the young'uns upstairs for the actual shooting. They only came down here to hear me talk and watch me taser this other kid in the nuts. They're not old enough for the good stuff yet. Just the concept of hell, if they swear or lie. So the hot blonde girl takes the kids upstairs to watch Passion of the Christ in 3D. <laughs> that's for dingus too there's a lot of dingus centric humor in this if you can call it humor and the preacher shoots a guy we've never seen before in the head and drops him through a trap door on top of miley ray boxcar willie and the other kid and the other kid's all hey miley ray boxcar willie lean over a bit i think that fallen guy broke a bone in his leg when he fell that might be able to use to cut our ropes it feels really long and sharp and crooked just need to clinch it a little harder And the taller, dumb kid's all, Uh, that's not his bone you're clenching. But please don't stop. It's also for dingus. Um, not so much for Tom. Meanwhile, the gay sheriff gets back to his office and tells his underling, Glad you're still here, Larry. I got sideswiped by a blue geo. I need you to go out and look for it in the dark. Also, if the kid's driving and say anything about saying me, give oral six to a midget and a Santa suit, shoot him instantly in the head and then bring him back because we can burn the bodies. And the guy's all... Uh, you want me to scour the whole area looking for a blue car in the middle of the night? And the sheriff goes, don't worry, there's a flashlight at the bottom of a well only 60 miles east from here on Route 9, although the batteries for it are in this other well that's kind of far. Thanks, Larry. Good luck. So Billy Ray escapes his pit, but the rednecks trick him by shooting him. And the number two kid plays possum and runs into an arsenal full of MAC 10s and AKs and he grabs one and he stations himself adjacent to the church nave and prepares to shoot everybody and save his friend. But then he forgets he's holding a gun, so he makes a run for it. And uh, the gay sheriff at the barricade now surrounding the church shoots him when he comes out and he falls into a pool that's there. And special agent John Goodman goes, Yeah, do you like how I just skipped an hour? <laughs> that's what i yeah right it's it's in key i thought it was an homage special agent john goodman goes dude and the sheriff goes sorry my bad i get excited when i shit my pants and john goodman sighs and raises a megaphone and goes all right come out with your hands blam and his megaphone shatters from another gunshot and the sheriff's all sorry sorry my bad sorry so this time they take his gun and they empty the bullets out and then they clock him in the head with the temple they clock him with The butt in the temple, his head temple, not the church place. And they go, seriously, just stay in your car. We got this gay sheriff character. And John Goodman raises his spare megaphone and goes, all right, listen up, you religious whack jobs. I'm giving you five. And then he hears brake screech and he turns around and the sheriff's running over all the FBI agents with his car. And then he crashes it into a telephone pole, and then that falls on top of the car, and the car explodes. And the sheriff goes flying out the windshield with his body on fire, and as he burns to death sailing overhead, he goes, Sorry, my bad. Last one. I promise. On huh, <laughs> So a shootout slash barbecue ensues. And the hot blonde somehow gets the saran wrap off the surviving kid silently and instantly and takes him upstairs and goes, Okay, look, killing friends was awesome, but we have babies upstairs, so now suddenly I'm not brainwashed. Help me tell the cops not to kill them. And he's all, fuck you. And by the way, I want my money refunded. I've heard of internet scams, but this is ridiculous. (laughs) And she puts the gun down and goes, Okay, look, kill me if you want. Have sex with me if you want. Just help me save the toddlers. And he's all, fuck you. Wait. Which order did you have in mind for those three? And John Goodman's boss tells him on the phone to kill everybody in the church, and he's all, even the preacher? What if he's just misguided by all those women and children? Yes, sir. Okay, sir. Sorry to interrupt your 18th hole. So then they kill almost everybody, but then angelic trumpet choirs start pouring from the heavens, and the preacher comes out and goes, hear that? That's the rapture, sinners. God has blessed this shootout with divine horn music blaring monotonously for five minutes, even though nothing looks different skywise. And then John Goodman's talking to his bosses at the FBI six months later, and he's all, so anyway, headbutted him. And they go, huh, we don't even get to see the headbutt. Thanks, Kevin Smith. Anyway, (laughs) sterling work, Agent Goodman. We're promoting you to CIA intern. Speaking of which, what was the trumpet music again? It was probably in your written report, but this is a movie, so tell us again. (laughs) And he goes, oh, it was just some local teenage dope growers farting in a barrel to impress girls. They're dead. Oh, and there's also a trumpet class down the street where all the students and teachers are angels and cherubs, but they were closed that day, so it wasn't them. And they go, well, I guess we're done here. Ending thrillers with 10-minute exposition scenes with So Awesome and Psycho. Good meeting. <laughs> Bye. And he's all, sirs, if the preacher character's in prison, why'd you tell me to kill everybody? And they're all, we hate churchy terrorists. They don't pay taxes. This will teach them a lesson. And he's all, uh, but if we're covering it up, they won't know the lesson. And also, if one of our guys talks and the ballistics and the other evidence doesn't add up, And they're going to make ass with the documentaries. We'll all go down in flames needlessly. It'll be wake all over again. Also, did we shoot the kids? I'm kind of lost here. And they're all, speaking of which, why did you show a conscience back there for half a second? That's not something we're looking for in government law enforcement. And John Goodman's all, well, when I was a kid, my grandpappy had these two piranha. And when I'd feed them as Gears of War novelizations, they'd eat them because they're fucking piranha, which in a way is an allegory for the human race. We kill those we actually have a lot in common with. And they're all, huh. So in a way, we're just like horny teenagers and armed religious militias morality-wise. When, in fact, we all hate gay people, so we should be friends and hugging and kissing. That's profound. Your grandfather was an amazing man, and John Goodman was all. This is the most tortured analogy since Catfish taught us that crazy fat ladies are, and then the whole world explodes in a nuclear Armageddon and the gay sheriff's all. Sorry, last one. (laughs) The end. Uh, I have
1: a whole lot of stuff now that's going to go in my three-by-three three this week.
2: <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Based on the rich nice. status? Yeah, based on yeah. Very nice. Uh,
1: all right, you guys kind of know how I feel about this movie. I've tipped my I hand already. Uh, oh, really? Okay, well, Dingus and I have talked a little bit. Before we were new, knew we were doing it for a three-by-three. Three. Uh, so, Kelly, I want you to get in here first. Yeah. What did you think... Uh, first of all, Kelly, what are your Kevin Smith credentials, Kelly Wand?
2: I think he's always sucked until he had his meltdown, and now it's like when Sharon Stone had the brain damage and she became like super nice to everyone. I think it's like Kevin Smith started smoking weed, and then he saw all of his earlier work for The Drek that it was, and now he's kind of making better movies. <laughs> Although I didn't see Cop Out, but I liked Zack and Mary, and I... This movie was good for him.
1: Now, wait, hold that thought real quick. Because you, uh, I, I also liked Zach and Mary made a porno. But I think you pointed out to me, didn't you, that he didn't write that. Is that correct? uh
2: He didn't write Cop Out. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking. He did write Zach and Mary make a porno, though. Yeah, which makes okay. me want to see Cop Out just to see how the knock knock joke ends, too.
1: So then you weren't a uh, <laughs> we could we could do a recreation of it for you if you like. We'll do that later. Uh, but I don't
2: I don't generally like his movies. I don't think he's I don't think his Jay and Silent Bob stuff's funny to me. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just me. But when I hear him in interviews and his his thing about working on Superman with uh what's his name? John Peters. That stuff's awesome. It makes me like him as a person. And I like okay. it when he gets mad at airlines and stuff. All it's right. like when- I liked Mel Gibson after the tape, so now I like Kevin Smith after the fat (laughs) incident.
1: So when are you going to see The Beaver?
2: I don't like it that much. All right. Uh,
1: All right, so as someone who didn't care for Kevin Smith, and you're kind of, it sounds like, in the middle of a – you're you're sort of turning around on that. So you were into Red State, or not? So
2: explain explain what you thought of Red State. How did this hold up for you? Mm, The acting's good, Um, but I think it – it fizzles out after 20 minutes.
1: Specifically where it converts into, like it leaves its sort of horror movie stuff? Like, is Yeah.
2: That... Well, it's at a certain, I like movies where it's just about a bunch of shit that happens, and that it's, this movie starts out like that, like a lot of horror movies do. And then by the end, I'm, when John Goodman's telling speeches to his bosses, I'm like, oh, he's, I'm, he's making points or something, which means I can't enjoy the characters <laughs>
1: Where where did it start to lose you? You mentioned about twenty minutes in. What what started
2: happening where it did kind of start about to chisel, Did you feel halfway into Michael Parks' sermon? I went. Wait, now he's just talking. <laughs> Kevin Smith. Up, I don't know. That's about where I started to zone out.
1: I believe that scene is. Uh, it's at least ten uninterrupted minutes of Michael Parks talking. Like it's, it's a, when I, I. Yeah, go on. I was going to say. It's a long, I mean, it is cut. There is some editing in there. But it's just a long, long monologue. Yeah,
2: That's when I realized, because up to that point, I was going, oh, it's a horror movie. I'm going to be, Kevin Smith's going to scare me. And then the opening bits, like up to the trailer, I'm going, yeah, this this is pretty good for Kevin Smith, especially. Mm -hmm. Like a horror movie. And then about halfway in, I realized, oh, wait, the whole thing's going to be about this one night. And now all the characters are either dead or they're not going to. And then I was kind of bummed because I knew. I remember John Goodman's name was in the credits. So he's going to be like it's like lame the same way psycho's kind of lame. You do
1: think okay cuz that's one thing that I really like when a movie does. Psycho does it, Night of the Living Dead does it, Red State Fargo. does it. Uh, where it switches who the protagonist is, where you think you're following a lead character and, and yeah, I guess Fargo too. Yeah, and at some point it kind of jumps protagonists. Uh, and that you don't you don't like that you're saying
2: it's by it's a case by case scenario, depending okay, on who the new characters great. are but in this i was i wasn't excited by the John Goodman character. And I didn't think he it's not his, he's a great actor, but I didn't think his character was helping.
1: Would you overall give Red State a thumbs up or a thumbs down uh if you had to be binary
2: I'd say thumbs down okay eh, thumbs up. Okay. It just it, thumbs up, but if you fall asleep during it, don't, like, finish it.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's get Dingus in here, then. Uh, Dingus, establish for us your Kevin Smith credentials. Um, I've seen every one of his films uh, twice, except for a couple of them. And you did a lot of work this week, it sounds like, right? Uh,
0: yeah, I went through and watched, uh, anything that I hadn't seen of his. Um, and, uh, a couple that I had seen before, I watched again. Um, and I saw this, uh, I saw this film at the Wiltern in Los Angeles at the end of Kevin Smith's tour, uh, promoting the film where he did a a very specific uh, promotional marketing tour for this film and I saw him. Do a QA of the film. So I've seen him in person. I've read a couple of his books and I've watched all of his films.
1: Now, before we go into uh, more about this, uh, me and Kelly Wan want you to tell us if we should see Cop Out. Um, do you hate yourself?
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do.
1: Yeah, I think we both have a
2: healthy sense of self loathing, don't you think? Kelly I despise Wan? my. Oh, yeah, dude, <laughs> I'm off the charts. Then buy a copy
0: of it. Rent your own t. Rent a special VCR for it and put it on there on a loop.
2: I saw. I only saw one scene from it because it was in progress and I was eating, and it was the scene where Tracy Morgan is looking at video of what he thinks is his wife having an affair, and then it's like her gay cousin going, "See, now you got to stop spying on her." It is unbelievably. Awfully, horribly, terrible.
0: The first, the first scene, the first scene alone is just Tracy Morgan doing this interrogation where he quotes a thousand fucking movies, which is what Kevin Smith does all the time. He's constantly referencing Star Wars and other fucking shit. And it's just a scene of Tracy Morgan in an interrogation room pretending to do all these different movies in a horrible interrogation scene. There's nothing funny about Cop Out. It is an utter
2: waste of time. But you should see it if you do not like it. so. Dingus, like you when he talks about that about a comedy, I'm always curious about it because those are always the funniest movies to me. Well, and when he describes
1: that scene, I'm like, oh, I want to see that even if it's bad. So, Dingus, you're not you're not doing your job.
2: Right,
1: I apologize. <laughs> Go for it.
2: All right. Well, let's get. one. Is it the worst Kevin Smith
0: movie? Let me just say this. Um, you know how we've done the knock knock joke
2: several times, right? Uh-huh. Right. We did it, it better.
0: It's funnier in the trailer, and it's funnier the way
2: we do it. <laughs> what yeah tell me what what's what happens after he says he's there uh they they just the,
0: the
2: they totally break it up it's not
0: as funny as it is in the trailer where it's like knock, like no it's it's this whole thing of uh it uh, i can't even describe it it's just uh it just kneecaps itself constantly All right, it's horrible it, and you know i I had come to because of the things I've read and watched Kevin Smith say and do just blame Bruce Willis for it. Cause apparently he was just a complete douche. Um, you know, and Kevin Smith tells the story of like, when you meet your idol and he turns out to be a douche, what do you do? And so I just <laughs> right. blamed Bruce Willis, but you watch the movie and it's like, I've seen Bruce Willis do a lot of great stuff and this movie's horrible. And I don't think I can blame him for that. And I love Kevin Smith. I love the guy. I love it. I love reading his stuff. I love watching his Q and As. He does these great uh, things called an evening with Kevin Smith, where he goes to colleges uh-huh. and, and does Q and As. He's great at that. I love
2: reading his stuff. But uh. yeah, I agree with you. But I, I also will- like I like watching actors and directors like bad like them struggle through bad movies. Like they know it's bad. Like you guys were saying about Jason Segel and uh, Bad Teacher. Mm -hmm. Like, it becomes interesting in itself. Am I the only one like that? Okay. We're we're like that, yeah.
1: Dingus has me curious about Cop Out. That might find its way into the Netflix queue now. Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, Dingus, let's get more current. So you're a Kevin Smith fan. Uh, So Kelly Wan says he hates the early Kevin Smith. You're on board with stuff like Clerks and Chasing Amy, and you're you're okay with the – and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. You like those Kevin Smith things, right?
0: You know, the unfortunate thing is and this might be just a function of me getting old. Um, but you know, Chasing Amy was one of my favorite films, especially from that year and I love that script and watching it again is a painful experience at this point. Doesn't hold up, you're saying? Uh yeah, I'm afraid so. Okay. And you know, uh, but the weird thing is that films I I hated when I saw in the theater, like Dogma, I liked a lot more seeing this week. Hmm. Um, Clerks uh Clerks is charming because of what it is. Clerks 2 is uh
2: It's just so. I hate that movie. I hate it. I like the first clerks and, um, clerks. I couldn't get into chasing Amy. I'm the only person I know who can't get into chasing Amy. I just, after 20 minutes, I get so bored. I can't hate, I don't like the character. It's
0: just,
2: it's just amateur
0: and bad. I mean, but the thing is, I mean, with Kevin Smith, what you have to expect is, or, or what you have to accept is that every character is just talking Kevin
2: Smith. They're too affected, and that's why I can't get past it. I'm so conscious of his voice in his dialogue. And that's what I was kind of liking about Red State was there wasn't as much of that. It felt more like real dudes up to a point.
1: Now, uh, so Dingus, let's fast forward then to uh, Red State uh here you are sort of a kevin smith fan you might have realized that some of the things aren't holding up as well for you uh you did see red state before any of us way back when you refused to say anything to me about whether or not i should see it uh when i would ask you about it you would just give me this sort of little inscrutable shrug um Uh, uh. so let's let's fast forward you've seen it at least i think you've seen it twice now uh Tell us what you, the resident Kevin Smith fan, because I'm i not a big fan of Kevin Smith either. Zach and Porno is pretty much the only one that I find y- y- even better. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Dingus, what did you think of Red State? I really don't care for it.
0: That's mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. Where I do mean, you put it? You know, I saw it. Uh again I saw it in his presence so I had a hard time kind of thinking about how do I feel about it but he, after the show he describes what he was going for and I think he totally misses that and I think he doesn't get the tone he's going for at all um and I just don't like it you know I, I don't like you know any of Melissa Leo's lines at the beginning I don't like I mean the the one thing I like about it is Carrie Boucher, and I think that's the only thing I really like about it you didn't like
2: Michael Parks? I thought he was good. He's fine, but, yeah, you know, that's preening. Look at his hair, though. Uh, I thought Michael Parks was horrible, and
1: I say this as someone who I love that guy, and I specifically love him in a little indie film that I recommended to Dingus that I rewatched this week before seeing uh, Red State again. Uh, uh Michael Parks is in a movie called Three Priests which is a low budget i think you could call it a Montana gothic western <laughs> and uh Michael Parks is just fantastic in it i mean it's the kind of it's like one of those performance of a career roles uh and i just that guy's a, so amazing in Three Priests which is a weird little movie that i recommend um and so to then see him i mean he no, used the cleaning before you do that, Tom, you got to tell us your bona fides. Oh, about Kevin uh, Smith? Yeah, no, yeah. I don't. I don't care for any Kevin Smith. Uh, Zach and Mary make a porno. I liked. I, I went in thinking I should watch this just because I like Seth Rogen, Elizabeth Berkeley. No, uh, thanks. Thanks, jeez, I can't keep doing that. Uh, I like both of them, um, and I really ended up enjoying that, uh, and so that made me think, oh, maybe I do like Kevin Smith, and it made me eager to see, you know, Cop Out, which I never got around to, and certainly Red State. As a horror movie fan, I, I was eager to see Red State for a long time. So I don't, I like Kevin Smith's personality as a person, like like you guys were saying, I like to hear him talk, but I don't care for his movies. Uh, except for Zach and Mary made a porno. So I went into Red State really wanting to like it, really wanting to see, okay, this is a guy I didn't used to like. He's sort of turning around. Now he's going to do a genre film. I love it when directors who don't normally do horror movies do horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see what their take is on it. Um, and I, I, so those are my bona fides for, for Kevin Smith. Uh, and I, I am now firmly in the camp. So, Dingus, you were like, eh, it didn't work for you. I hated Red State. I, I actually found it offensive. I don't get easily offended at movies, but I, I got offended at parts of Red State. Uh,
2: so. well,
0: I'm, exi- I'm very excited to hear that. I want to hear what, what you have to say about that. Well, because, the, because watching it a second and third time, there were things that I became increasingly uneasy
1: with and then angry about, too. And I'm interested to hear what offended you. Well, partly the waste of good talent. I mean, poor Melissa Leo. Uh, she's trying. She's trying to deal with what he's given her. Uh, and, and so many of the actors are as well. But mainly, you know, Michael Parks, after rewatching Three Priests and watching him deal with fairly minimal material. Three Priests gets to be almost like Shakespearean with the, the melodrama at the end, but it earns it, it builds up to it. Uh, and there's a scene in Three Priests at the end of it with him and Olivia Hussey, uh, which is the it's sort of the climax of the movie. Uh, and I I just love that guy. And I, I feel like after seeing that he can do no wrong. But yet I watch that uncomfortable 15 minute sermon in red state and I just feel embarrassed for him I mean there's no substance in the writing it goes on and on for so long and it's so self-indulgent it serves no narrative purpose it's embarrassing to the actors who are playing the congregation who are sitting there nodding I mean Michael uh, Michael Park's character is supposed to be this captivating charismatic religious leader and instead he comes off as this weird goofy old like villainous man Uh, so what the other actors have to do to support this idea that he's this David Koresh type leader is they have to pretend to be really into what he's saying and they have to be nodding and going, yeah, and preach it, Papa, and stuff like that. And it's ridiculous when Kevin Smith cuts it in and the way that scene is shot and edited and acted all around. I was offended by the waste of talent, uh. There's some great actors in there, specifically Melissa Leo and, and uh, Michael Parks. And so that was one thing that offended me. Uh, so before we get to other things, uh, Kelly, Wanda, I think you said you
2: thought Michael Parks was good, like you liked him in this. I liked his face and I liked his expressions. I, I zoned out during that whole sermon. I just kind of I thought maybe I'm just too tired to enjoy this. Or something. <laughs> Tom will tell me how dumb I am for that. Well no no I mean you know what that's the thing is
1: is the quality of a performance is such a subjective thing. I mean we can sit here and one of us can say it's a great performance and another can say it's a terrible performance and there's no wrong answer to to that. Uh so
2: so but you're you know, also coming in thinking three priests good and I'm going and right. going here I am watching a Kevin Smith horror movie it'll probably suck awfully maybe there's like one shred of anything good in it.
1: Well, I, you, do you recognize Michael Parks from like all the Tarantino movies he's done? And he was in Grindhouse. He was he was the the, the Marley Shelton's father in uh, in uh, Planet Terror. Uh, I don't know if you remember him, but he's got a great scene where he has to cut up his wife. Uh, anyway, he's a, he's a character actor who's been around forever. I mean, the guy's got literally like over a hundred credits on IMDb. Uh, so did but, you
2: go ahead? Well, I was just gonna say the sermon's Kevin Smith's thing. I mean, Michael, there's. Like, take your face. Even Paul Walker may not have been able to do it here.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: you, you have a – I mean, that's it is Kevin Smith's thing,
1: and that's part of why I'm offended. You know, don't have – don't introduce this character by having him just sort of languidly rambling for 15 minutes. I mean, I feel that that is an offensive waste of a talented actor.
2: It depends. Execution's everything, and it could have like, been a 15-minute-long, awesome Sure. I like, like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. He's a is apparently insufferable in person, but his his ramblings are way more palatable than. The oh no! Kids. No, no I, I awesome agree. Person, but Pleasant. so what was the substance
1: of this rambling other than a pat facile uh, regurgitation of right wing Christian objections to homosexuality? I mean, this the, what there was no substance in. I thought that that bit of writing.
2: No, no, I just liked the dynamic of the. The kid in the cage having to listen to something that boring the second he wakes up. Like, <laughs> i not even to Don't have to listen to this fucking vapid shit? No. That's part of the. That's the initial torture, the torture
1: porn part of the movie, I guess. Having uh, to sit through that.
2: But he, but he does. He doesn't say anything. Like he actually just zones out and like falls asleep too. Like, oh yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> I don't to scream anymore. So fucking. Boring. So I, I just identified with that character. I guess, <laughs> which I wouldn't say is really, uh, analytic film, <laughs> thing but I don't know. That's what I brought to it.
1: Well, let's talk before we talk about other things that I thought were, were offensive. What did you guys think of some of the other actors? I, I'm glad you you recognized the guy from Jennifer's body, Kelly Juan, because I kept thinking of that too. Like, oh, this poor kid is going to be yeah. like the, the dupe of monsters. That's like his his being typecast.
2: Uh, yeah, both times he's trying to get laid, and it, it kills yeah. him. <laughs> like, now, if you see him in a romantic comedy someday, you're like, oh, no,
1: no, <laughs> I know what's going to happen to him. She's
2: no. to eat over. Yeah. Just yeah, let cut it off, poor bastard.
0: Uh, so, go ahead, dingus. I want to, I do want to talk uh, just a second about my impressions of that opening that scene you guys are talking about that the preacher thing because I think a scene like that, that long that ten minute 15 minute um, monologue, which is broken up by like the like you said Tom, the congregation yes, saying, yes daddy uh, those little call and response things that's all editing the that that the performance is made in editing I mean that's what happens in film. Uh, almost across the board, but especially in a scene like that, and and Kevin Smith does his own editing. He's very proud of doing his own editing. He's learned to do his own editing, and uh, and th- that's one of the things he's known for. And I think that he botches the editing in that hole. Yeah, I mean, from the moment that kid is in the cage, when you when you wake up with him in the cage, that's creepy and great. In this cage like draped with it. You don't know what's going on, and he just starts uh, screaming, "Come on, guys! Come on, guys! Come on, guys!" And we don't get, there's no sort of extension of that creepiness. And then we go out and, and then as, as you said, just watch Michael Parks ramble for a while and then flash to the crowd every now and then. And Melissa Leo is trying to, you know, and it wasn't until Tom said this, trying to endow him with this messianic quality by, you know, calling him, you know, granddaddy or daddy or whatever she's doing. She's trying to do that, but it just isn't there. And I think it's the editing that really fucks that up.
1: Well, they all are, Dingus. There's the, the, one of the things that he mentions is uh, about how the the tsunami hit uh,
0: uh, Thailand. Uh, he says, yeah,
1: yeah. So he mentions that that's the a destination for. Uh, Tourists like sex tourists who want to uh, pedophiles who want to travel and sodomize babies, and then we cut to uh, this this older sort of stately looking actress who gets shot later on, who i think i 've seen around before she 's got a real striking face, we cut to her sort of covering her face and crying, and it 's such a laughable. I, I mean the juxtaposition of the, it's almost like humorous this idea that people are paying money to go to Bangkok to sodomize babies like that's so over the top and ridiculous, and then cut to an actress trying to do a convincing job being so horrified that she's crying, that's editing yeah that's just so poorly edited and and she's she's trying I mean bless her heart she's trying. And and I and
0: guess it's clear that a couple of the guys in the audience are clearly gay, and the wives are touching them like, "Don't worry, you're not gay."
2: Oh, I mean, really? There's I this the whole gay subtext
0: with the men, and the
2: that's family. a Kevin Smith thing. He loves. He's the. He's obsessed with gayness.
0: I mean, how much smarter would it have been to have him give a real great sermon about something completely unrelated to what this Pat homosexuality is bad thing, and then move on to
1: the killing. Well, and I can see, too, what Kevin Smith thought he was trying to do, which is having a figure underneath a sheet, you know, tied to the cross in the background the whole time, this weird, you know, juxtaposition of, is that a body, is that a torture victim with this sermon, uh, you know, and I can see leaving that figure in a sheet up there for 10 minutes could be, in a better movie, in a better written scene, this weird suspenseful touch. Uh, so I think that's what he was trying to go
2: for, and I, I just thought— That only—it only works if you if you end the 15 minutes of boredom with something really fucking awesome and, like, something you've never seen in a movie before. Like, Human Centipede, awesome. But instead, they just shoot him in the head. Okay, what time is it? Uh, human Centipede. <laughs> okay, good. Is it. that the new Star Wars? Uh,
0: <laughs> the thing is, why—I don't under—you know, all I'm left is—I'm left— Noticing stupid details like, like the the gun coming out of the Bible. I, I mean, if it, I've done that sort of like, <laughs> let's cut pages out of a book for like a a, gag. a gun. That yeah. is That's... really fucking hard to do, and you're not going to cut it in the in the shape of a gun if you
2: don't. Wait, have what it. did you stash in a Bible? You? I'm not telling you. Is uh, it uh,
0: and, <laughs> and furthermore, if you're going to wrap a, a person in cellophane, why do you need to shoot him? Just fucking wrap him and let him suffocate. I mean, right. Th- there's there's things like that that are just unbelievably stupid. And if you're not going to end it with something that's really great, then I I don't understand why they do those types of things. It just,
1: uh, you shoot him dingus because uh, we talked in, in the Hesher about a point where uh, the kid comes into class and what is being taught in the class at that moment is a clue anytime a character walks into a classroom or into a lecture or something, the substance of the lecture is a clue to what you're going to see in the movie so they shoot him because Kevin Smith wants to do this whole First Amendment Second Amendment thing, you know, these people have guns, their re- religious freedom You know, their, their freedom is protected That's, I guess First Amendment freedom of speech but this whole idea that they use guns. Uh, that's, uh, that's my theory, Dingus, for why they want to do Let's put a gun in a Bible and shoot the guy on the top of the head so that fire comes out of him like a candle, and then we're going to put the saran wrap over the bullet hole. Uh, you know what movie uh, does
0: that better? Drive Angry.
1: Drive Angry does so many things better. Yes, you're right. I agree.
0: <laughs> that moment where they go in the church and everybody yep. has a gun is much. It's a much better idea.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. All uh,
0: right. So you you had asked me what uh, what uh, performances I liked. Uh, all
1: right, well, yeah. Let's talk other actors. So we we got a bunch of other folks who were in this. Dingus, what did you think of other folks? You, you mentioned uh, <laughs> this Carrie Bishop. What's her name? Carrie Bichet. I really love. Her.
0: <laughs> I think she's... the best thing about the movie she's the only Mm -hmm. one who's real and takes it seriously um and and successfully so i loved her
2: i thought she was absolutely great uh what do we know her from anything Mm. what do we know her from dingus help me find her Uh, (laughs) doing other things Movies.
0: I don't know that yeah. I know her from anything else. I just thought she was real uh, and that all that silly stuff about saving the toddlers that, that Kelly was goofing on in the synopsis. Uh She was I just believed everything that she was doing. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was such a waste of time. I just I, I did not. That whole shooting her and shooting the kid, it was just. But I just loved her. I thought she was okay. really, really wonderful. Yeah. And John Goodman is is good. I I think he's good. It's weird to see him so gaunt looking and 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 ah, I gaunt. He just his face looks gaunt. Really? Maybe drawn. I don't I don't know about gaunt. I was gaunt. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he's lost a a considerable amount of weight, and he looks he looks like he's been through some sort of sickness. I mean, he looks so much different than that sort of full flushed face that you see in in like Big Lebowski or, or Raising Arizona. Right. Um. But I loved her. I think she's great, and I hope she gets more uh,
1: I did like John Goodman, though, simply because I my favorite part of the movie – So if you're going to have someone just talk for a long time, I think Kevin Smith does successfully do that later in the movie. When we wake up and we get John Goodman doing that exposition bit, I actually liked that scene because I like that as a character introduction. Here we were learning stuff about John Goodman as this beleaguered, drawn – he did look drawn, Dinkus – he just seemed like a really busy guy who was good at his job, who knew a lot of stuff, Uh, and we got to see him doing exposition – while also seeing his home life. I loved the concept behind that scene where it's just him talking on the cell phone, he only briefly says the one thing to his wife about, if you love me, you'll, you'll get up and make me coffee. Uh, but then the rest of the scene is just him having breakfast while his wife is sitting there with him, and he's talking to the guy on the phone. And there's a great little moment, which is just like little actor work, which I loved, where he's at the table, and he's got his folders in front of him, and he's telling his boss something. And his wife, and it's so easy to miss this, because the actor's playing his wife. I don't think she's got a single line. Uh, She she's got his plate of food next to him that he's kind of pushed to one side. She picks the fork up and moves it around where it's on his side of the plate. And it's just this adorable little, you know, when you're ready to eat here. And they're making eye contact. And it's just a great look at this character's home life that is entirely subtext. Because all the text is exposition. And that was fine. I I was okay with us learning that stuff about the church at that point. I thought that was a good device. But then we also got to see his home life. I loved that scene. Uh, So for that even though they put john goodman through the ringer narratively and they jerked that poor guy's character around so much uh i really like the introduction to him
0: i did love that scene too it reminded me a lot of the the home life and breakfast stuff in Fargo.
2: yeah Yeah. it's i thought it was a little too similar to that <laughs> well, that, the first that's point that, I'm watching. Is oh, he's doing a Fargo. Like I am instantly. Went, I, I asked Kevin Smith. I, you, I don't blame you.
0: Well, that is what he's going for, and he admits that he's going for Cohen Brothers Fargo kind of a tone.
2: Well, you don't just ape the scenes. That well, he, he does. Oh, <laughs> eh, do what you what's your best. But at. but
0: I I, lo- I like the way it works. I mean yeah. I mean if you're going to steal, steal from the best, and uh, and I. And I like the way, you know, and he, he's even stealing John Goodman. Um, I like the way John Goodman carries that scene. I think Tom's right about that. Yeah. Uh,
1: sure. I, I applaud any movie that shoots Kevin Pollack in the face after five or six lines.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I liked his line, too. I, he was all, he, John Goodman was, can you give me a line into the house? And Kevin Pollack's all, uh, that's going to be bad. Like, that's, <laughs> I hated that so much. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's great. Why, why did you hate that, Dingus. <laughs>
0: Because love- it's just it's it has nothing to do with the tone of the movie, it's just him being cute and it's cute, it's funny, but it has nothing to do with the tone of the movie and that that kind of thing you just want you just feel like fucking around, and that's fine if you want to do that, but you asked me to
2: come along on a different ride. what what are you talking about? that's kinda of that kind of movie I thought I didn't think that was a break in tone.
1: well, they like- do that they do the same thing basically with Stephen Root's character with that giant blood squib inside of the the sheriff's car
2: yeah uh, yeah. Uh.
1: And don't you think Dingus? They kind of did that in a way when the kid's escaping. Like, don't don't you think people being suddenly shot for no good reason, just kind of out of the blue, like that—that that was kind of a theme almost. I thought. Uh, well, I think that the kid escaping is supposed to be a jolt, and I
0: think that the Kevin Pollock thing is supposed to be a, a goof. Yeah. And I just I just don't you know, I know uh, all these guys are like. Friends with each other, and they all do each other's podcasts and all that, and that's fine. But this, it just feels like you're just doing, you're just throwing a joke to somebody. And, and I just, you know, if this is supposed to be the movie where you grow up, then don't, you know, don't fuck around like that. I mean, it, that's fine. It's, it's a funny thing to happen, but it's, it's not in this movie, I don't think. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I like the things that, that are going on that are suggestions of, you know, Tom. I've talked about uh, Katrina in in different thing, in movies, and and I've talked about 9/11 in, in different movies, and this is clearly trying to be sort of a post uh, Waco kind of a, a thing or Ruby Ridge uh, with and with you know John Goodman on the phone saying I need I need something in writing. I liked all that stuff, but then it just sort of you lose me when you just have this sort of splatter moment with Kevin Paul.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I like- I was going to defend that scene because I like the line readings there before. and Isn't it just like a long scene with? Doesn't John Goodman do his thing with the megaphone in that shot? And like that, there's like five minutes of him chewing gum and staring at the house.
1: It's not quite that long, but that's definitely what they're going for. Is they're going to yeah. announce the stuff on the megaphone? They're going to sit there and wait. They're going to say a line. They're going to wait a beat. Aster, yeah, it's definitely that kind of pacing, Kelly. Uh, uh, that's all
0: right. And then Kevin Pauling makes a joke. You know, he's like. I think it's the I repeat that makes this successful every
2: time. Uh, uh, and he gets a space uh, shot for some reason. Yeah, what? I don't like the repeat line. You're right. the <laughs> I think <forget> <laughs> wins. I forgot that line. I don't like the uh, So, how did you feel it worked as a horror movie? Horribly, because it, it wasn't. A, it was just like Catfish. I get excited that I'm watching a horror movie, and then <laughs> well, a fat comes on screen and goes, "Yay! Is it a horror movie? I mean, why do we have to accept that?" Uh, I think it's
1: clearly, I, I think marketed as one. Yeah, I mean, I think it's being sold as a horror movie, and it 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 sort of jumps around and plays with different angles. But I think what Kevin Smith is doing or is is trying to play with is this political horror movie about the Christian right and the uh abusive power of government and he's sort of weaving these two themes together trying to make a horror movie out of it now i on this podcast probably have a looser definition of horror movie than anyone but i would say a horror movie is any movie that thinks that it is appealing to to a fear that that people widely share and if, if you use that as as the definition of a horror movie i think red state is clearly that and certainly it does start as a horror movie uh uh-huh. So I would be willing to say if you think it stops being a horror movie, I, I, I would maybe agree with that. But I think it definitely starts as a horror movie. And it's my feeling that I think what he's going for is tapping into this sort of zeitgeist about fear of the Christian right and fear of government abuse of power. So on that grounds, I would say it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Diggis, do, do you agree or disagree?
0: I think he's – I think he doesn't know what it is, but he's he's savvy about marketing and he's calling it that. Okay, um, But I, I – this is the first time I've heard... Because I think that's something that he said the night I saw him. I, I, you know, I, I'm not making this up on my own. I think he said... I don't know if it's a horror movie, but i called call it that. Uh, but I liked your definition, Tom. Um, because I think we talked about this as well when we were trying to figure out whether or not
1: Phase 7 was a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So do you think it works as a horror movie? No. Because I think part of uh, what you have to do... Political horror movies are different. There really aren't that many. I was trying to think of some. But... Because horror basically appeals to, to a fear that should be universal, that everyone should understand, and politics tends to be a fairly divisive subject. People who feel one way about politics, other people will feel, feel the other way. Politics is something that, that sort of divides people and has a wide variety of opinions about it. I think it's hard to make a horror movie with a political slant. Uh, it's easy to make movies with political points, but they don't tend to tap into people's fears as readily. So so I think – and this is another thing I find offensive about this movie – I think Kevin Smith feels uh, – I, I think what Kevin Smith thinks he's given us is a horror movie about universal fear of the Christian right, which – is predicated on a facile understanding of what Christianity, and specifically the Christian right, is. I hate his, his representation of that. And a universal fear of government abuse of power, which simply does not exist in the form that he's presenting it in this movie. So he is, he is presenting two false premises as, look, isn't this a scary thing, a scary commentary on some things that can happen? Doesn't this frighten you? And neither of them frightens me because I think they're both – I I think he's misguided in in his presentation of both of them, and I find that offensive. Um,
2: See, the second I I start feeling that a horror movie has turned into a polemic like that, I kind of zone out and get bummed out and disappointed. Like, all right, now I'm just going to hit it on the head. Like, Phase 7 did that, too, to an extent. Like, that's what I didn't like about Phase 7. Now The Living Dead does that, and uh, it kind of bums me out, and it's always something really obvious and ham-handed – Ham-fisted? What's the difference between those two? One's clumsier. One's clumsier. <laughs> but, <laughs> one's clenched. But Did you see uh, the only time, the only thing I can think of offhand where they they kind of merged those two in a way that I thought was kind of cool and subtle and nuanced and like it, it kind of was related to actual characters themselves was in frailty. Remember that Bill Paxton movie? Yeah. 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 Sure. He's hunting demons. Yeah. And you don't know if he's insane or he's right. Like it could be argued either way. And then it's the other brother. I don't know. Like that movie works for me.
1: I don't remember frailty though, having this, this larger point though, about Christianity, like frailty was about one guy's sort of theological out, out, uh, uh, perspective. And is he crazy or not? You don't know. And you find out at the end, spoiler, he's not crazy. Uh, So, kind of. I mean, it had that sort of religious dimension, I I guess.
0: Uh, I think
1: think Kevin
0: Smith intends this to be more about hatred than Christianity. And specifically, let me ask you this.
1: What do you think of the title of this movie? What do you think he means when he names it this? Well, it's obvious, I think, what he's playing with is this idea, you know, of, of red states. I mean, it's this... I, I think what the, the sort of the undercurrent here is this Hollywood dismissal of other perspectives, generally the South. Uh, we saw it recently in Straw Dogs, or I saw it recently in the Straw Dogs remake as well. Um, this idea that, that people in the, in the South are uh, they're are ignorant at best and murderous at worst. Uh, and, and that is what I sort of feel when he's talking about red state. It's not, you know, I guess I, the idea is it's drenched in blood or the state has blood on its hands as in the government and anger, uh, and then the, these, uh, you know, and then Christian states, red states or whatever they will, uh, I guess, murder gays and sexually promiscuous people. Um, I don't know. Did he talk about that dingus, like what he's trying to get out with the title? Well, I think he, uh, if you'll forgive me,
0: he kind of pussed out on it. I mean, he he claims that um, red state isn't uh, related to red blue states as we see on CNN during elections. It's
1: just <laughs> that's I what felt the like idiom calling. What?
2: That's yeah, what he, he yeah, said. I, I,
1: that's totally pussying out. Yeah, because that's
2: what the idiom means. <laughs> Wait, he's he's <laughs> yeah, fucked true. himself. I don't understand why he would go. No, it didn't mean more than one thing. Like oh, he—that's well, that's, that's <laughs> what he's trying to do. I mean,
0: he he's, he's making this movie about. Essentially about the Fred Phelps congregation, right. which which he then references in the movie. And and then he invites – I mean, he has this thing at Sundance, and the Fred Phelps people come and protest. And then he invites them to a screening that he has in another place, and they all come, and he tries to have a dialogue with them. Right. And I think he he tries to play nice with them. And, uh, and tries to make this a more extreme version of the Fred Phelps people in order to make them appear absurd. But then he backs off of the whole idea of what red state should mean as, as the idiom, as Tom just said, by just saying, I didn't really mean it like that. So, so uh-huh. based on the things I've seen that he's written about Christianity and Catholicism and his, his, uh, conflation of the two, I think he's trying to make a movie more about hatred than about fundamentalism.
1: Which is, uh, well, okay, yeah, I would buy that, uh, but, but when you couch that hatred in the mouths of people who are clearly modeled after the Westboro Baptist Church, the Fred Phelps group, right. uh, I don't think you get the luxury of saying, no, I'm not talking about Christians,
2: I'm talking about hate. Right. right. Uh, totally. And also he pushes out because we don't know what happens to the kids. Or whether they get shot or not. So, yeah, I think they get saved. And you know what? I don't care. <laughs> like, I, know. I, but, I uh, Right. Uh... But I was going to say, uh, this thing, like, I can go in a movie, if, if, like, say the movie is trying to pitch a point that I feel directly opposed to, I like, could say, okay, let's say I'm the crunchiest Democrat ever, and then mm-hmm. I go and see a movie, like a horror movie about a psychotic Al Gore slicing up people i'm just going to watch the movie and pretend that it's like happening in this universe and not like i could divorce myself from my own principles if the characters like feel real to me basically as individuals and in this right. i didn't get that feeling and that you way. know what there are good movies
1: that do tap into this idea that that southerns are ignorant i mean there are there is in a way this this fear of the other of other cultures and look at john Borman's deliverance i mean that's sort of the the classic example of that there was a did Walter Hill do Southern Comfort? Do you yes. get where the National Guardsmen get lost? So I think those are both great examples of what Straw Dogs and Red State are trying to do, and they don't have to necessarily be dismissive or, or sneering at the entire culture. Like, like in Deliverance, I don't think we ever find out anything about the rednecks. Who are, who are hunting uh, the, them. I mean, they're just these mysterious people in the woods. Um, well, they kill one by accident. Right. They're mysterious,
2: shadowy elves, basically.
1: Right, right. We're not seeing them. We're not trying to – you know, John Borman doesn't try to show us their culture. You know, he's not trying to get right, into right. their head. It's just this horror movie where the others happen to be the locals in this backwoods area. Uh, it's not necessarily about Southerners in the way that Straw Dogs tries to be, the remake, uh, or, or Red State. I think. And Texas Chainsaw. Too. Well, does that really show us? I mean, Texas Chainsaw just is kind of wasn't Toby Hooper actually shooting in Texas in much no, not the that one.
2: Not that, that piece, piece of shit. Oh, no, oh, no, the- yeah, Sorry. No, no, you're right. That piece of shit. Piece of shit I like, not the piece of shit I thought you were talking about. The awesome piece of shit I adore, the original one. Sorry. Okay. Uh, but but I just I think there's a you can you can have movies set in
1: places without trying to indict the entire place. You can have a religious character in a movie without trying to indict the entire religion. And I feel that his portrayal too of this he he does mention Fred Phelps, you know, when uh, John Goodman is briefing his boss. He mentioned the Westboro Baptist Church people and how they're different from these uh, – they're called five star, five cross points, whatever it is uh, – how they're different from this church. But then I think the movie is is – doesn't really respect this idea that they're trying to be different. Like Like I'm not sure that I understand – I'm not sure that Kevin Smith – understands the important role that Fred Phelps, with his God-hates-fags publicity-mongering, you know, all those guys at Westboro Baptist Church... They serve a valuable function in the debate that Kevin Smith introduces early on in the movie, when the character walks into the classroom and talks, and, and his, and his teacher is talking about the First Amendment. I am personally very happy for Fred Phelps, even though the guy's caused a lot of pain and a lot of grief. He has led states to examine what are the limits where we can allow protests. Our funerals off service. In some states, have passed legislation saying if you want to do a protest at a funeral, you have to be this far away. That's an important part of the process. Uh, people suing Fred Phelps. The case has gone to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court has defended those jackasses as it should. Those Fred Phelps guys—they're just publicity mongers. They're not Christians. They use the word Baptist in their church. They are not affiliated with any. National Baptist level organization. They're just a local wacko branch of, of publicity mongering goofballs. Now, uh,
2: now crackpots. They, they are crackpots.
1: However, I think that that what Kevin Smith is putting in his in his movie are the Branch Davidians, and those guys are completely different. Those guys are flat out criminals uh... and you know all this the standoff at waco with the branch davidians and then and the atf which i think is what kevin smith is going for here that was something completely different than what's going on with these fred phelps people and that to me is offensive that these two very important political issues are conflated you know david koresh should not be allowed to abuse children to sexual to commit statutory rape in the name of religion he should not be allowed to violate firearms control laws and that's what was going on there. When he is served with an arrest warrant, he should not be allowed to close up and hold hostage children in his compound. Uh, and to conflate those two th- issues to me is, is offensive. Uh, that, that's where I'm most offended at the movie. Is he's talking about these Fred Phelps people, and he's even saying no, they're not Fred Phelps. But he's having him do all this "God hates fag" stuff, and then he's turning them into, into a story about David Koresh. Uh, and I just that that I find offensive so
2: uh i think i agree with you because he's definitely facile to use a word i think it's so appropriate here like he but that's all he can handle i mean you're i think you're expecting too much nuance from a kevin smith movie well, you know but he
1: does have them I, yeah i i mean dude they're they're kidnapping of course and, and murdering gay people and, and teenagers and stuff uh And that's never happened, as far as I know. I mean, we've had torture porn movies where uh, Eastern European countries will kidnap and torture people, but you know, to have like this movie where you are going to you are going to blend together a torture porn villain, Fred Phelps and the Branch Davidians, like that's what I feel he's done with this this these
2: villains in this movie uh there should be a country bumpkin kevin smith who makes one about scientology and how it's like the city's evil (laughs) city religion
1: and i also hate how we get how what gets put on top of this is just this really heavy-handed bullshit about government Uh, i mean you watch this movie so to watch this movie you have to, to to accept what happens in this movie. you have to accept that the ATF does have some sort of contingency plan to just murder everyone before the yeah. media shows up and I find that offensive as well. I mean what happened at Ruby Ridge and at Waco was not the government a government with murderous intent, it was a big, inefficient bureaucracy composed of fallible people. You know, what happened, the the, the oversights of the ATF, and, and I think the FBI was, was heavily involved in, at Ruby Ridge, those guys, they were doing their best. It, there, was, there was bad information, there were lines of communication crossed, there were some people being too cautious, there were some people being overly zealous, um, but there was never any mandate, yes, we're going to kill people. And for Kevin Smith to suggest that that's how the ATF Works. I also find that very offensive. Yeah. What
0: is that? Is that sort of some misguided attempt to be fair and balanced? Because there's this weird speech early on that John Goodman's talking about the shopping mall incident, where you really get this feeling that you're that you're of what you're saying that the government is evil, which feeds into this whole other fire. And I didn't. Why are you doing that? Is it fair and balanced? Why are you doing that? I, I don't understand that 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 guy running around the corner to shoot um <laughs> what's her name and what's his name the the actress I liked and the guy from Jennifer's body I guess um it doesn't make any sense. it's nothing the character would do it that 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 is not a realistic moment it's just we're gonna just throw this in here, and what's the point we're just and then that that horrible final scene with the uh with at the
2: tribunal i mean fuck. Uh, well, and then at the end, over the credits, he, it's like the cast is divided, to: This was the sex people. These are the religion. They have sex, religion, and government, I think. Politics. Not, not, right? not just
1: government. Politics. Politics. Yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> all bad.
2: It's all the same, man. <laughs> Terry, open your eyes. And it's like, I agree with Tom to the extent that he's ridiculous for... Not only he's force-feeding us the point that all these things are equally bad and hopeless and interrelated, but uh, it's a Kevin Smith movie. What do you expect?
1: I can't help but wonder if maybe he watched Burn After Reading as well, because that has a a just as dark but not quite as implausible CIA involvement, where the cap at the end is all this information is presented to the CIA, and J.K. Simmons – because the CIA didn't necessarily perpetrate everything that happens in Burn After Reading. They, they get the information, and J.K. Simmons just kind of shrugs and says, well, I don't know what the hell happened, closes the file, and walks away from it. And that's the end of the movie. And I wonder if Kevin Smith kind of thought that's what he was doing there, is this kind of bureaucratic summary and we're going to sweep it under the rug and uh here's how the movie ends
2: the last shot is him singing in his cell and then a prisoner going shut the fuck up from another cell so what's that what's that point
1: uh his first amendment rights are now in jeopardy (laughs) (laughs)
2: like you
0: i didn't even like the way that scene was directed i mean i i think if you want to do that scene then just have him stand there and do it don't move all around yeah.
2: I mean this uh... <laughs> He was walking too much. Yeah, I think That really that for <laughs> you. Fuck that. Just up, jerk, Fucking Michael Parks. He was uh, this was pretty small. I don't know. I'm fascinated by jail cells and Not <laughs> <laughs> a very dark light. It doesn't take much to impress me,
1: I guess. Uh how did you guys like uh, uh John Goodman's dogs fighting over turkey leg monologue? Wasn't that awesome?
2: You no know country for old men.
1: <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah, so here's the point of the movie. Uh, I'm going to sum this up because I think this is what this was the. You guys remember this sort of the concluding line of John Goodman's dogs fighting over a turkey like monologue is people just do the strangest things when they believe they're entitled, but they do even stranger things
2: when they just believe. What do you think of that? <laughs> that piranha isn't seeing you, it's sensing you! Really? Three really? I don't know, we did an hour
1: on Red State. Did we miss anything? I just like to say really, because I love the way Kelly
0: says really.
2: <laughs> well, I could have done something dirtier. I had like a Mormon joke about the hot lawn girl that Dingus likes. I, I, do want was, uh... hmm? I want to ask this. I want to ask: you, is the Apostle in the South?
1: Yes. Okay. What it's the Robert uh, the uh, Robert Duvall movie? Yeah, yeah. Is there some moment oh, yeah, yeah, here
0: when when Melissa Leo's like going on about something, and I just suddenly thought about sincerity and religion and how much I love the Apostle, and I was wondering if that was in the South or in the Midwest or you remember?
1: oh no, 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 no. It's very. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's like Southern Mississippi. Okay. Uh, part of that might even be in Arkansas, but, uh, right. no, you can, you can tell by the, uh, I mean, there's, there's a whole, actually, I guess they have blacks in the Midwest, but there's a whole like, like black community that he goes out into. Uh, it, it just felt very Mississippi oh. and they, right. he actually goes to eat with, uh, not Helen Mirren. Who's the one? Miranda Richardson. No. Who's the actress? Miranda Otto. Uh, no. Anyway, when he invites the woman out and they go out to eat, it's at some like a uh, shrimp place on the bayou. That uh, yeah, so I'm pretty sure. Like gumbo. <laughs> uh,
2: let's hey, do a three by three. It's like Albert Gantry. Albert Gantry. Elmer Fudd.
1: Gantry. Oh, Elmer Gantry. No, no, uh, I've never seen the movie. I know the it's either Upton Sinclair or Sinclair Lewis. I can never keep them straight. I love the book.
2: Yeah, Sarah Val gets them, those two authors mixed up, too. So, oh. One of
1: them is the uh, muckraker journalist fella, and the other is not.
2: Conditions, and the other one is the one who divides groups of people into two groups of people. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, okay. you're talking again, aren't you?
1: Well, uh, Kelly, what's our 3
2: by 3 this week? Oh, I have to say, <laughs> how many times have I tried to explain this topic and failed and punted? Well, let's give it one more shot. All right. These are scenes in movies that we came up with that you wish had been in the movie that you saw, but it wasn't in the movie that you saw. So it's stuff that should have been in the movie. It's not in the movie. And it's us talking about them. Okay. (laughs) There's nine, three each. And here we are talking on the Internet
1: about it. All right. And who's starting us off? I guess it's Dingus, because Dingus is introducing next week's 3x3. Dingus, what did you think of this topic, by the way? I
2: really hated it.
1: Yeah. I don't think you hated it as much as I did, but I'm willing to give you a run for your money.
2: What? <laughs> I said earlier, you guys hate all my topics, and you went, oh, what are you talking about? We and don't a, hate all your topics. Your we top- hate this, we hate this one. We don't hate all of them. Well, why would you say that this week when it's a topic you hate? You would go, Oh, you know, your topics are awesome, dude. I
0: don't, I don't know what to do with this because if it's a movie I hate, I don't care to put in the, a scene and I don't think one scene is going to fix it. And if it's a movie I love, I generally l- trust the director and editor have added, have put in whatever they like. And usually if I have a problem with a movie, I want something cut.
2: So well, it was weird well, not this to week. This. This.
0: Yeah,
2: um, I don't think you guys understood. what I was <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing. I'm willing to uh, say that that's probably. But true. I, I had a hunch that you didn't. But I was kind of excited. Like, I wonder how they're going to misinterpret what I said. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and then I'll go. No, you idiots! This. And then,
0: I will stipulate that I didn't understand.
2: How about that? <laughs> that's fine. I. You don't need to understand to like this topic jerks god (laughs) kelly kelly did you like this topic fuck yeah (laughs) best topic ever you guys might learn a little something by doing this topic and hating it
1: well i can't wait to hear what you come up with kelly wand i i sort of broke your topic i screwed it up but we'll get to that in a minute uh dingus what is your number three scene you wish had been in a movie
0: Alright, my number three is uh I'm gonna give you guys a quote from it. Mm. Not from the it's not from the scene that, that doesn't exist, it's from the actual movie. Oh okay. If you fail to save this man's finger, I will kill all of you. Oh. So uh, that was
2: double? Dub, yeah, Double's double? Very- doubles Devil.
0: <laughs> it's from uh Doubles Devil. Um double, double. You know, scene i'd like to have seen here
1: you're gonna steal wait you're gonna steal the point i made about that movie on the podcast you jerk what what are you talking about you're gonna talk about you want there to be a scene between the uh the double of who's saddam hussein and the double of uday hussein Uh, no i
2: I, I thought that's a
1: good line
0: i I thought about that but but i chose a different scene all right specifically from the hospital where uday comes in waving a gun around screaming at everybody and instead of that one of the points I made on the podcast about this is that I would like to have seen more of this uh, of some sort of realistic feeling or even heightened feeling that Uday must have for Latif, his double. And so I I think instead of just a scene where Uday is splashing a gun around and threatening doctors, I think a real a scene where he's in the hospital room with uh Latif and and showing what what is his actual emotion about Latif losing this finger and how does he feel about it? Because if Latif loses the finger, we lo- Latif loses his life essentially. And uh and so does Uday actually love him? What is the depth of his affection for him? Is it just a narcissistic love? Is it a real love? Is it desperation? I would like to have that scene be a moment of real, genuine, genuine, <laughs> genuine. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, genuine emotion. Uh, genuine, <laughs> um, oh, I just made a poor word. Uh, genuine emotion for, from Uday in this, in, in sort of a hospital scene instead of more gnashing of teeth and foaming at the
2: mouth. Oh, you don't like foaming at the mouth? Uh,
0: oh, I, I, it, I, I think there's not enough of that in the movie, but I also would have liked, I, there's, there's playing at it, but I would have liked to see at least one scene of genuine emotion. <laughs> From a day and I think it would have worked in that hospital
1: sequence. Dingus, I'm tempted to sort of make fun of your pick because you couldn't do it for a, a movie that you liked better, but I have no room to talk. <laughs> I I think on this list there's only one movie I really like. Same here for mine.
2: Oh G Rushmore, uh sex scene, I predict. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's uh, is handjob sex? Oh, nice. Okay, uh, my number three. I'll give you guys a line from my from my number three. This is this is a line that would be in the scene. It's not actually in the movie. Are you ready? Ooh, good. Uh, Houston, we've recovered some footage in orbit, and we're bringing it back down to planet Earth, and we're going to play it now.
2: <laughs> oh, uh. <laughs> red
0: planet, paranormal activity. 18.
1: <laughs> so what I did was, I'm with Dingus in that if I don't like a movie, I couldn't care less about scenes that aren't in it. Uh, I've had enough of the scenes that are in it. If I do like a movie, like Dingus, I trust the directors and editors, and I, for the most part, think you know what? I, You guys did a great job. It's not my place to say, hey, you should have this scene in here. I mean, short of something like the scouring of the Shire, I don't care. I've seen everything I need to see. So what I did was I looked back over the last three movies we saw, and I thought of, hey, what's a scene that should go in those movies? And all of these are serious. Um, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily deign to think you know, I could do that or I have any ideas for how the scenes should go. But what I'm going to do for the last three movies we've seen, I think there should be a little something extra and I'm just going to recommend them. So, Apollo 18, I would, oh, I would I like... to I was contagion. <laughs> I doing contagion. For Apollo 18, I would like some acknowledgement that the footage we have just seen in this found footage, some found footage movie, somehow was recovered or made its way back to Earth. So that's my number three.
2: Seeing Cloverfield... They say things like, "This was recovered from the area once known as Central
1: Park." You just all you need is a title card. The title card in Cloverfield does all the work necessary. That's right. Yep. So it's an opportunity to authenticate the bullshit you're about to watch. The problem is the BS that you watch in Apollo 18 concludes in such a way that the impossible
2: (laughs) could not be found. Yeah. (laughs) So instead, they give us the astronauts barbecuing before that like i remember how awesome it was see now that you that footage you could find
1: yeah but for the most part apollo 18 is not a found footage movie it's a footage movie
2: (laughs) i read by the way nasa says that um those montages of the astronauts barbecuing at the end is totally fabricated but everything else the movie is true (laughs) from now on i'm always gonna use the word footage in every (laughs) synopsis footage so, has
1: anyone besides me on this podcast seen Lake Mungo? Jerks. I was going to see it. I didn't know. Right. I've heard that's a footage movie, too. No, it is a found footage movie, and I want to argue with someone about why I think it's a found footage movie, but I can't do it until one of you two jerks actually sees it. Oh. All right, I'll see you this week. I have it sure on my
0: Until we assign it as a podcast movie, Killing.
1: I know. Well, you know what? We can maybe do a double feature with uh, uh, Paranormal Activity 3. When we see that. Uh, <laughs> Kelly Wand, what's your number three example of... Super Bloody super super super... Mary.
2: Oh. <laughs> I like when you do that, Kelly Wand. Go ahead. Bloody Mary. Why is, <laughs> the two... It should be about um, those two brothers in Catfish. Like, those the ones getting victimized <laughs> by parental activity.
1: Kelly Wand, would you like to tell me where you received your training?
2: Afghanistan. Uh, oh. Pakistan. That's not a country. Stop making up Borat (laughs) names. Uh, Kelly Wand, get that out of my face. Get your face out of my uh, hand. Get your hand job out of my... uh, Is masturbation a hand job? (laughs) Kelly Wand, get what's in your hand out of my face. Get Get those things you're cupping in your hand away from what's sticking up over those.
1: Kelly, when you're making it gross, because I'm already, when I say that, I'm in, I'm in women's makeup, you see, and I've got women's clothes on. I'm in disguise, you understand?
2: Oh, like James Franco at the Oscars? Gotcha. <laughs> I didn't see Got Gotcha there. All
1: <laughs> right, Dang. Kelly, what is your number three line from a trailer for a movie that nobody's seen yet that we can quote on the Quarter to Three movie podcast?
2: Oh, yeah. I remember when Dingus said, Genual, a few minutes ago? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I, I quite like that. All and right, what's your number three choice for scenes? Wait, wait. Oh yeah, yeah. Go I'm ahead. Not just mentioning that again. I was a. Po- there was a point I was going to make. Although ah. I can see where it's it's somehow dispiriting to me that you think that would be all I'd say. Like, oh, Kelly just said something that happened five minutes ago. Like you would just do the callback without any follow-up. Yeah. Hey, remember when that just happened? Oh, it's so good. Let's videotape ourselves <laughs> talking about how good it was. Uh, no, uh, a dude got. Uh, creative notes on a script back this week, and he said the word they kept saying over and over in the notes was, okay, it's got to be more executional. <laughs> so that's what notes look like. Yeah. Ouch, man. Wow. What do you Can't do with that? that? John Peters, Giants Fighter. All right, my number three scene I wish had been in a movie is um, at the end of Goldfinger, after the credits, you see Odd Job's wife blow uh, going through the closet after his death, and she's like crying over all of his uh, garments, like socks that with blades in them, and a handkerchief. And then the last thing she sees, like a picture of his high school graduation, and everyone's throwing their hats up in the air, and his like decapitated the professor. And he's, and then that's the end of the. Story. <laughs> I like this, that James Bond will return in Thunderballs. I like that. That's good, Kelly. Wand. That's my number three. Now that
1: I know what you're going for, uh, all right. Okay, that so explains. Yeah, odd cre- job's wife after the credits?
2: Yeah, what's his, her name again, Kelly Wand? What's his? Blow. Well, her first name's Blow, and she's married to Odd Job. I don't get it. Because it's genuine between two <laughs> executional. Diggis, <laughs> sure. how are
1: you going to follow? How are you going to follow up on that? Uh, can I quit? No, sorry, you got two more. We want to hear your Rushmore one, also.
2: Oh, yeah. And Dinian from
1: Tom.
0: <laughs> I predict. So Kelly's... For his, he's using something after the credits?
2: Yeah. That's a scene... It's not like a documentary, which is totally different. Yeah,
0: but you, you introduced the topic by saying there's a scene between two scenes, and you have to talk about the scene. it's a scene that you think should be between two scenes, and your your first one happens to be something that happens after the credits.
2: No, it's happening before the first scene of the fourth James Bond movie. <laughs> oh,
1: Because uh, he did point out that he would say James Bond comes back in Thunderball. So you're right.
2: Thunderballs. I wasn't, I wasn't going to acknowledge that. <laughs> never say never agains. What's the what's the wife of of thunder? Who's the, who would be the wife of thunder in thunder?
0: Blue. Blue. Very nice.
1: huh. Gotcha. Got your
2: nose. <laughs> All right, Dingus. Knock, How are you going to follow up on that, Mr. Noseless? <laughs> I'm the Tracy Morgan, huh, and Tom's the Bruce Willis because of the hair. And Dingus is the uh the I'm Kevin Smith. William Scott. Yeah, the handsome dummy. Uh, Dingus is the Kevin Smith. What? He's not in that movie. Is that movie? Wasn't that movie? Shouldn't it have been called Sellout? <laughs> JK. Alright, uh, ding this. Back to your Kelly One torture. Alright,
0: my number two. Here's a quote for you fellas from my number two. Alright. What kind of animal would
2: do this to a dog? Planet of the Apes? Beneath Planet of the Apes. Shaggy DA. I'll do this to a dog. HUD. Hondo. Hundo. Lake M- Hundo. I don't I don't know it. It's a movie I haven't seen. Four Friends with Alan Alda?
0: <laughs> click 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 click
2: click. California Sweet. Oh.
0: It's uh from a little movie called Alien 3.
2: What? Why? Oh, I'm excited cuz what's going to ha- what's he going to say?
1: Oh, uh, there's a scene where we see that Newt is alive one of those. That's what I'm guessing he's going to
2: really? be. Really? Uh, so you think as little of Dingus <laughs> as you do of me.
1: I think it's little of anybody who would pick Alien 3.
2: No, no, let's see. Dingus would okay. He spent some he ar- time. He already
1: picked one movie he didn't like. I guess this is his other one. All right, Dingus, go ahead. What scene should have been in Alien 3? What, what can you do better than David Fincher? <laughs> I can't do anything better than David Fincher. You can do Panic Room way better than David Fincher, I'm pretty sure.
2: Neither can okay. Joss Whedon in the next Alien. Well, I
0: really hate the opening credits of, of uh, Alien 3, and I hate I hate the way um, Newt and uh, and my Aww. son feels the same way. Just uh, as you said
2: a, a little kid's name.
0: The way Newt and Hicks are just summarily dismissed uh, as if we just couldn't get them for this movie, and we're not going to include them. Um, I hate that whole opening sequence, and uh, I would really... Uh, love in that, instead of the opening sequence being the way it is, which is just a uh, name and then sort of a computer readout of an alien face and all these ridiculous images and it's just not dramatic at all. Um, since you're showing us alien stuff anyway, uh, I would love to see Newt fight an alien in that opening <laughs> sequence. And lose? Um, oh yeah, and lose. It's because we have to kill her off. I understand the realities of not being able to have Newt in the film. That's fine with me. But, but don't just have it be this dismissive, hey, that one's dead too, and then a computer readout dead. Uh, and same with Hicks. I would love this, this weird, um, spliced in scene of Newt battling this alien creature to, even try to save Hicks and both of them getting killed and us not understanding what that scene means, but at least seeing Newt do something instead of just, Oh yeah, she's in that sarcophagus over there. Eh, she didn't make it.
2: Huh? That's how Michael bean fell about that. Nope. He's like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> you know I is it makes me think of and I almost hesitate to bring this up, but I think it's been out long enough that if you haven't seen it well it's i'm gonna you deserve to have it spoiled for you uh how they dispatch with uh Franca potente in the second born supremacy movie or right. born supremacy the second movie like they they really give her her due from the last movie, and so that when 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 she does die, it is so incredibly shocking uh and it's not just like okay we're not going to have her in this movie it's you know we're going to acknowledge her crucial part in the last movie and you know this is going to feel like a continuation of that and you're not going to feel like you missed the something in the break like it's not uh yeah so that just makes me think of born supremacy
0: yeah Yeah, i I remember sitting there seeing alien 3 in the theater and just going what what that's what
2: that's it and that set the tone for the movie right well what if it would have been a ballsy move if the rest of what happened just knocked you on your ass and was like.
1: It's true. Yeah, I wonder how much I would have been willing to accept that more if I'd liked Alien Three better.
2: Yeah. <laughs> then you follow it, and then you get Charles Dance going. Oh yeah, my history's this and this and this happened, and then he gets killed. Like, Wait, <laughs> you just wasted five fucking minutes on that, and now he's dead. Who is left for me to give a shit about? <laughs> And Ripley's uh, a goner, so it's just a death watch. I don't know. It could have been good. It could, they could have taken every bad idea. In Alien Three, and made the awesomest movie yeah. ever. during a rush, and that's what
1: they did in Alien Four. So, <laughs>
2: all right, Tell you me. guys, ready for my line? For this is
1: a line from my number two. It's not in the movie. It's from the scene that I would put in the movie. You ready for this? Here we go. Uh, okay, honey, I'm going to go out now. You have to stay in because there's a disease around that has an R-naught of six, and you can't go out there, but I'm going to go get a drink and maybe bowl a few frames because I have this bracelet here that lets me go out. So stay home, and I'll see you later. Bye. (laughs) Outbreak. Close. That's the scene from Contagion that would have followed uh, Matt Damon's family life a little more closely uh, after the outbreak. So you were very close, Dingus. Uh, We talked a lot about how Contagion, um, by having so many storylines, I think we all agreed that it gave short shrift to some of them, and I just would have liked to have seen more stuff about Matt Damon with his little special bracelet getting to go out into a deserted world while other people were sort of quarantined and locked up in their houses. Uh, There's a great scene where he goes to a mall that's abandoned, and the security guard is scanning his little uh, wrist bracelet thing. Uh, I would have liked to have seen more of that in Contagion. So that's a scene I would have put. That's my number two. Wait a
2: minute. I have two
1: stupid questions.
2: Hey, who is he talking to? His daughter, who
1: has to stay home because she's uh, not infected.
2: And he's going out to bowl in your scene? Let's well, do a few. Line. Okay, Bowl well, a few frames, right? Don't you so the mall's deserted, but the bowling lane's operational
1: in the scene that you've written. I just the want to be mall, clear. No, no, the mall was operational. You know, it was open. So oh, the okay. bowling. You know, it'd be easy to get a lane. It would be easy to stroll in and throw a few frames. I don't know if that's how they say it. Throw a few frames. I had to look up the frames part on the internet to find out how to talk right. to bowling. But I think he could easily stroll into a bowling alley, rent the lane, and throw a few frames because it wouldn't be crowded.
2: And what's more sanitary than a bowling alley for his daughters?
1: She can't go to that. What are you talking about? People are no, it, bowling balls. And you know the bowling balls roll out of that little blower thing? That blower thing isn't blowing antiseptic on the bowling balls. I hope you know.
2: No, it's a bidet, <laughs> I thought. <laughs> that's, that's why i am never going bowling with you. An angel taught me that. But wait, if she want, isn't, okay, everything he touches, and then he touches his daughter and hugs her and goes, don't worry, kiddo. We're not dead yet or something. Uh, the, this this disease is spread through formica.
1: Uh, the formica does not last that long, that formica spreading vector. It's a, it's a formica vector disease. Huh. I'm not falling for that.
2: <laughs> so he said the idea is, oh, we get to know his family better, and to you we get to know his family better by him going out bowling. Sometimes he would do that, yeah. Most of the
1: time he would stay in with his daughter, but sometimes a man's got to bowl, especially if he's from Wisconsin. Hmm. I like two things about that choice. One, I like that you used the term "are
0: not,"
2: are not right. Wait.
0: And R- two, I love that it reminds me of uh, the things that I loved about the Quiet Earth, where the guy is taking advantage of the fact that he's the only one in the mall and he's the only one doing all of these things that he could have all those bowling lanes to himself, or he could go into a movie theater and see a movie to himself, or go into a bar and be alone. Exactly true. I, I love that idea of that post apocalyptic sort of the world is empty, but I'm still using it. Right. It's
1: kind of, but it's current with the apocalypse. Right. It's right. Good. All right. So, uh, Kelly Wan, how are you going to beat that? What's your number two?
2: Uh, okay. And uh, Passion of the Christ. <laughs> Remember at the end, uh, spoiler alert, he uh, gets up. And leaves his tomb with a badass look on his face. It's going to kick some ass. It's time to get some revenge. The Terminator shot. Yeah. Right, Terminator shot. You, you cut to him coming out, and then he sees it's all uh, post-apocalyptic, and he's all, no, I slept too long. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the,
2: uh...
0: nothing to do with that movie.
2: What? Yeah, it is. It's, see, it's an Army of Darkness tie-in. I guess the other one would be, at the end of Army of Darkness, he drinks that thing, the formula, and then instead of sleeping and coming back to the present, he, he go, sends him back through time because he drinks it wrong. Why and do then, I
0: take your topic seriously when you refuse to?
2: And then uh, it takes him back to Jesus times, and then they, they misinterpret everything he says, and then he is taken as Jesus. Uh, dingus, the answer to your
1: question is because if you don't, no one will. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so, my spe- number two. Speaking of that, Dingus, yeah, how are you going to top that?
2: Take that, Dingus, Mr. Number Two Rushmore.
0: <laughs> All right, here's my quote from my number one.
1: Who did this terrible thing to our city? Oh, my God, it was me. How are you going to add a scene to that?
0: I'm not, actually. It's not, uh, it, that's a line from Crimes and Misdemeanors. I'm not gonna add a thing to that movie. But I am gonna add this, that particular scene to the movie I Am Legend. And that I'm gonna add, uh, a scene where Dr. Robert Neville realizes, in a, in a quiet moment, that he's the bad guy, he's the monster, and, um, decides quietly in this quiet moment, And gets an underst- a full understanding, a full epiphany of being the monster and decides to take his life in this moment instead of this ridiculous noble sacrifice thing that happens. Because I like the idea and I think it's probably from the novel, I don't know now. But I just, I thought that that would be a great way where the movie would go. And it might be from seeing the earlier versions of the movie, just to have, and I know you can't do this with a Will Smith movie, but just to have him, him realize, oh, I'm the bad guy. And then off himself, not as a noble sacrifice to save all of humankind to get the virus out or whatever the fuck he's doing, but to, because that's what justice, uh, expects of him.
2: I'd change the end of Wild Wild West to the giant spider and Kevin Klein riding him. And then he realizes he's the monster. <laughs>
0: Right, I changed mine to that, then.
1: <laughs> uh, Dingus, doesn't he... I mean, there there is the implicit realization of the title in, ironically, the movie that doesn't have the title I Am Legend. I think the Vincent Price one is called Last Man on Earth. But I think he does... It, it does make clear Vincent Price's realization
2: that he is the monster uh, in a way that I Am Legend never actually did. But I Am Legend is such an awesome title, and... In the novel, that's what the point of it is, is you realize it's not. So it's like the title as a movie doesn't make any sense without what Dingus is talking about. Right. I'm legend because I uh, blew myself up or. He's but
0: just, I just, I love the first half. Ha- I love everything dealing with Sam so much in that movie. I'm so in love with the Sam half of that movie that I just wish that there was a scene that. Would rise to that occasion.
1: Dingus, who would win in a fight between Sam from I Am Legend and Lucy from Paranormal Activity Two? Yeah,
2: before uh, after getting bitten by the vampires. And what if they're both bitten? Sam, what's your name? Her name's not Lucy. It's Abby. It's or Abby. Oh, you're right. Where did I get Lucy? That's also Abby's the kid in uh Catfish. Ha ha. Made you think about Catfish. Again.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> who do you think would win, Tom?
1: I think they wouldn't even fight. They would just, like, hang out together and play Uh and romp.
0: Nicely done. You Kobayashi marooned me.
1: Oh, God. Awesome. (laughs) All right, I'm going to do my number one. Here's a line. This is not in the movie. This is actually – it would be in the scene when I – that I would imagine should be in the movie. Okay, you ready? Ryan Gosling, quit pushing my head in the water. I can't breathe. Ah.
2: Uh – Okay, that's definitely Valentine. He Wait, he kills Michelle Williams in that?
1: So I knew we, it. I don't want to spoil anything, but we all liked Driver, and I think we kind of agreed that there was one Driver. scene. <laughs> Drive. <laughs>
0: uh, we, right. liked, we liked Punisher, not Driver.
1: <laughs> we liked Driver. Well, there was that that uh, 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 that movie. There was The Driver, the Walter Hill movie that uh, I mentioned. Staring right on you. Yeah, we didn't like that because you guys haven't seen it. I've seen it. Uh, Kelly Wan, you saw it. But we all liked Drive. But I think we all agreed that there's one scene late in the movie that should be a pretty cool payoff scene. But for whatever reason, the director doesn't really show it to us. We're kind of removed from it. And I wished we'd gotten to see it. I trust that he has his reasons for shooting it the way he did. Um so, I don't want to second guess too much, but because I was picking one scene from each of the last three movies we saw Drive, Contagion, and Apollo 18, that would be the one change I might make to Drive. Not a big deal. Still love it. Uh, but there you go. Wait, what was your line
2: that he says again in the scene? Ryan like- Gosling, quit pushing my head underwater. I can't breathe. Ah. Ryan Gosling, <clears throat> quit pushing my head under the water. I can't breathe. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Kellywan, how are you going to top that? Pushing my head under the... I want to
0: hear Tom do a better drowning and not...
2: ah. Come on. (laughs) Do Albert Brooks. See if you're outridden my Albert Brooks because my Albert Brooks is fucking awesome.
1: Actually, what I wanted to do, I want to work up, uh, because Dingus wrote this up, an all-purpose monologue, an all-purpose Ryan Gosling I will work for you monologue. Uh, Dingus, can you give us one of those right now?
0: (laughs) I will give you one of those, but I will only give you five of those. (laughs) And if I give you one of those beyond five of those... I can't give you one of those.
1: (laughs) That almost sounded like something from a Beckett play, though. Like, it was a little absurdist. I like where you were going, but it was a little too fraught. It wasn't quite mundane enough. The the monologue needs to have the the normal, everyday bit. Can you do it like you're ordering a drink at Starbucks? Like, you you need a half-calf decaf. Half-calf decaf. (laughs) Frappe, whatever. Frappe, up of (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so that I think is a uh, yeah. That's the dialogue I've been working on from Drive. So I'll have something for that later. Is but I'm Greenberg I can't, better
2: drowning? Uh,
1: yeah. What about Greenberg?
2: Is he the one? Is that the movie where he goes? You just you just said stupid shit in three different languages when he's at Starbucks. You know, like orders a grande? <laughs> I don't think grande. so. Is that it's like Spanish, French? Oh God, no! What was that movie?
1: Was it like Five Hundred Days of Summer or something? I know what you're talking oh, about, sorry. Kelly Wand.
2: It's actually a good line, and it was yeah, supposed to be, oh, dick. what a dick character this guy is. It's like, hey, yeah, why is it? Why is it you... Zack and Mero make a porno? No. You're just thinking that because there's coffee involved.
1: <sighs> That's a good, that is a good line, but I think it's – I'm pretty sure it's from a bad movie, Kelly Wand. I know what you're talking about.
2: It, maybe it's the Vince it's Vaughn. Paul, it's Paul – it's Paul – god damn. Walker. No, it's oh, – No, he wouldn't say that. He wouldn't know more than one language. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's role name. models. Isn't it role models?
1: That could be right. Paul Rudd in Role Models? Oh, you Paul know what? It's totally right. He's with his girlfriend. Dingus, you win the
2: podcast. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, well done, uh, Dingus. Would say. Would say. Did you see Idiot Brother, by the way? Because
0: he's like, Venti is 20. Venti yeah. does not mean large and grande. Yeah. yeah.
2: Very good,
1: Dingus. Uh, wow. I, I good for you, Kelly Wan, for pulling out the line. I fail the most for completely guessing the wrong mo- movie. Dingus, you win. Well done. Well played. All right,
0: then. I, I, I don't want to ha- hear you give a whole line. I just want to hear you give a drowning sound. Uh.
2: <laughs> That's great. Uh, that was a Murloc. Haha, <laughs> 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 nerd.
1: <laughs> I don't know what that is. Kelly, uh, what, what is your number one choice for a scene you wish had been in a
2: movie? Oh. <clears throat> this is from uh, a little film called uh, Empire Strikes Back. Oh. Cue it up. I'll wait until Tom's ready to cue up the music. Oh, maybe uh, he's afraid to.
1: No, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm going to approve of what you're talking about. All right, it's the
2: beginning of Empire Strikes Back. La 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 And uh, you hear the Empire Strikes Back music, which is what Tom's playing right now at the beginning, and it like goes in on the Star Destroyer, and they're like, Vader's having like a post-mortem on the Death Star incident at the end of the other movie, and he's all, all right, things to do differently this time. Make the tractor beam harder to turn off. And also some kind of failsafe that tells us when it's being deactivated by an old man doing ventriloquism. Uh, Anything else, anybody? Oh, instead of putting a homing beacon on the next ship we know has Death Star plans on it, we put a bomb on it. Also, confiscate any droids we find. We're looking for droids. Also, if one guy without armor is running at you guys and screaming, instead of fleeing, turn around and shoot that guy. Like, either or before he's outnumbered. Also, if a door's open enough to hit two people's feet before they Tarzan swing across a chasm, just shoot their feet with the lasers. Also, um, better torture robots. Uh, she didn't even have a mark on her. I don't think we really uh, went to 11 on that. Also, scan chips for life forms, like we did the escape pod that escaped a Tatooine, in case douchebags are hiding in the smuggling compartments. Okay, we're done. Send out the probe droids. <laughs> The end.
1: <laughs> Tell you what, now I see what you're doing with this
2: topic. Yeah, I had to save it for you. I <laughs> too late. Sometimes I love Star Wars. In a way, it's already in. <laughs> it's Vader. Oh,
0: God. Oh, right. <laughs> I can't believe you fell for that. That troll. You totally
2: fell for your own troll. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so Lucas is always redoing it. So why can't I redo Star Wars? <laughs> guys. Wait, Dingus, who
1: fell for a troll here? Are you talking to, to Kelly Wand or to me? Kelly
2: Wan fell for his own troll.
1: Uh, I think he, he trolled, trolled himself. himself. Right, he trolled himself, which is kind of
2: oddly, he's like the Ouroboros of trolling. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing at stake when I troll myself. I have okay. integrity to lose. Kelly Wan,
1: so, uh, Dingus, by the way, recommended to me, and I don't mean this to be offensive, I don't say this term offensively, I... Mein Kampf? <laughs> <laughs> this is
2: Better you what?
1: No no I, I this is strictly descriptive uh and I don't use it to, to denigrate the movie in any way, but Dingus recommended to me earlier this week one of the gayest movies I have ever seen. <laughs> kelly juan do you think that Channing Tatum is hot? Who's that? Uh-huh, don't pretend. What about Jamie Bell shirtless. Does that do much for you? Like young Billy Elliot, all grown up and not wearing a shirt. Does that do anything for you?
2: No more than normal. But wait, which uh, you're talking about Billy Elliot? He's nude in that.
1: No, 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 no. He's, he's in another movie. So Dingus is like, you
2: know what? <laughs> Jumper. The, this. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: You know him from Jumper. That's right. Because you're a, you're a big Jumper fan. Yeah. There's, there's this movie uh, called The Eagle, which I didn't know anything about, uh, that Dingus ended up renting. And he was like, oh, you know what? I guess you're going to have to see it when I asked him how it was. That's the Rome one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally Rome. Uh, and I actually liked it. it. I do kind of agree with him recommending it. But, oh, my God, it was so incredibly it, – it's just like the most non I mean, it's not trying to be erotic, of course, and it's not trying to be homoerotic, but it is such a, like an ancient bromance kind of thing. It's like it's like an ancient gay buddy movie back when th- – there's. you know what? I don't think there's a single woman in this movie. There's one scene, there's a crowd scene where a woman gestures, but otherwise, <laughs> no. Oh, you know what? There are women later, and there's one time where Channing Tatum is accused of staring at a woman when I don't think he really was, like leering at her when he wasn't. Uh, but uh, I do think, yeah. So Dingus, what made you recommend that? Uh, I was so surprised at how much I liked it. And part
0: of it is because of what you're saying. <laughs> I, I thought It was such a great romance. How many I times... just loved everything about it. I, I really, really liked it.
1: How many yeah. times watching it, Dingus? Did you say out loud, even if no one else is in the room? Did you say out loud to yourself, "He is your slave"? <laughs>
2: Oh my God. There's nothing gay about that line, <laughs> is there? Gay people don't well, talk like that.
1: Uh, no, but I do appreciate the recommendation. That was good. It was a little silly, and I, I – you know what? There were scenes I wished had been in that, I think, maybe. I don't know. But, man, it looks great, though, by the way.
0: It's beautiful.
1: I mean, yeah. it's. I don't understand
0: how it got swept under the rug, but it's, it's beautiful. The acting is better than – I mean, you know – you know, please let chain of uh, Ch- the,
1: wow. You get so flustered thinking of him.
0: I really do. Uh, I just, it's always I
1: just, the ones you least suspect,
2: isn't
0: it? <laughs> I just want him to replace Sam Worthington and everything. So. Yes. Yes. Dingus at
2: good call. Good call. Is Wendy your beard? Gotcha. <laughs> well, Jenny, no, I'm Herbie Erdick Janine
1: yeah, yeah. Tatum is He's one of those guys who's kind of In a way like cursed with good looks Like when he shows up in the movie You're like oh god this is looking like an Abercrombie and Fitch commercial And he's got he's kind of got to overcome that uh, And he does a serviceable job I mean I kind of feel I don't feel bad for the guy But y- you know he's hes a little bit too much of a pretty boy For I think a lot of roles hes He's almost less interesting for being that attractive You know he's the step it up guy uh, but you know what? It's so funny. I, I need to go back, Dingus, and watch your Everyday Guide to Household Saints or whatever that movie is called. Because I remember thinking he was so good in that, uh, and I remember thinking that he looked like a lot rougher. He didn't look like an Abercrombie and Fitch model. Um, mm. And also, fuck. did you fuck. ever see? Um, I was going <laughs> to say fuck Fitch, but go on. <laughs> did you ever see a prophet? Seem pertinent. No rats. I really want to though. It's like near the t- it's near the top of my queue until I boosted uh, the eagle to the top-notch. Uh, Euphemisms. What made you think of the prophet, or a prophet, without giving anything away? Well, the, the, the lead um, Painted Savage guy. Oh, because yeah. he got top billing, I noticed. Like, he got good billing in that movie. Something to yeah. about that.
0: His name's is Tahar Rahim, and he's in A Prophet. He's really good in that movie.
1: Good, he's good. also in Inside, actually. I don't know if you're going to recognize him, but he's in Inside as well. Inside, that French horror movie? Yeah. What? There's no dudes in that. Okay. Oh, no, you're right. He's the guy who sort of comes in from the riots or something? No, wait. Is that right? I think he's a police dude. That's racist. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right.
0: Wow. But I just, I thought that <laughs> was so good, and it's and it's really difficult to act out of that kind of makeup, and I thought he just had a really great presence, and I was like, who is
1: that guy? And I remember he's from Prophet. Right. He's kind of like the West Studi of Last of the Mohicans, yeah. Eagle, yeah. Very good, right, right. He's like that
2: Midler, but as a face hugger. Kelly, you should see these movies that we watch sometimes. No, uh, I'll I'll do Lake Mungo. All right, so that's your roster as well. What are we seeing next week? I, what did we I, flipped a coin, or you did, and we assumed you didn't lie for some. We reason. chose taken Back. aback. Cylon! <laughs> Why don't we do rubber? Oh, never mind. Too two. two. <laughs> So, okay, here's the the
1: deal. You know, this is really obscure, though. Should we just do 50-50? All right. You know what, Kelly Wand? You you know what? Here we go, Kelly Wand. I'm going to put the onus on you. So right now, Kelly Wand, I'm putting you on the spot. Do you want us and, therefore, the listeners to see next week 50-50 or take shelter? Now, I'm going to tell you all I know about either movie. I don't know anything else. I don't want to know anything else. All I know about Fifty Fifty is that Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt are in it. I think you've kind of spoiled for me what it's about. I didn't want to know that. Uh, it's about uh. something. But it's that's all I know about that movie. All I know about Take Shelter is the director is a guy from Arkansas who did a, a small movie with Michael Shannon in the lead which I really liked, called Shotgun Stories. So based on that, he's now done a movie called Take Shelter with Michael Shannon. So, Kelly Wand, I now put to you, will the quarter to three movie podcast next week be on Take Shelter or on 50-50?
2: Wait, who would you say the girl was in 50-50? Amber
1: Heard. Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick from uh, Rocket Science and uh, yeah, that, that George Clooney has to travel a lot, isn't it, sad movie. And uh, what else did we see her in recently? She played, was she in uh, that? She's Rocket, Pilgrim did Pilgrim say Rocket Science already? Yeah, Rocket Science and the Scott Pilgrim thing. And
2: the George Clooney has to fly a lot
1: movie.
2: Mm. Uh, she's pretty hot. I don't have to drive to see that fucking thing. She's well, also take good. shelter. Wait, what, what?
1: Talk okay. about her some more she's very good no she's not just hot i mean she's she's an attractive woman you no know? her her goodness is part of the hotness I, I, yeah very I, good exactly i, I think yeah. about the whole woman the mind is the most important I know, i'm way more superficial than that kelly wand yes you're right you See, got that's
2: it. what i knew when you said you liked sarah palin and veronica cartwright those are the two <laughs> women in your spank bank you're five two of My, five.
1: i don't even was? want i don't even want to know what you're talking
2: about Michelle bachman third christine o'donnell
1: third. And, and
2: and Coulter. Ugh. I think I'd do Christina O'Donnell. I think we've had this conversation already <laughs> on the podcast, so let's. Uh, I'm looking at the poster for Take Shelter, and it's kind of enticing me, though. <laughs> uh,
1: well, live dangerously, Kelly Wand. Uh, let's
2: see Take Shelter. Uh, All right. That's actually what the
1: coin, when we did the random coin flipping, uh the flip-off, because there were four movies, and it came down to Take Shelter. Take Shelter won two flips. So that's the one that the coin picked. That's the one that Kelly Wan picks. The stars are in line. We are seeing... Take Shelter next week. Join us
2: for that on the coin. I think oh, the difference what? is the coin feels more, is more thoughtful than I am.
1: <laughs> but wait, before we uh, go on, we have to find out what our 3x3 three three is. I almost skipped over that. Oh, right. Uh, dingus, it is your 3x3 three three next week. What are we doing when we see Take Shelter?
0: We are going to do our favorite makeup effect. Oh, haven't we done this?
1: Makeup yes. effect.
0: Make yeah, effect? Yeah, so... Uh, one of the things uh, I, I saw—I've uh, seen a lot of movies in the last couple of weeks—and I saw one makeup effect that I really, really liked a lot, um, and uh, and it got me to thinking about a movie we saw earlier in the year called The Way Back, where there was this makeup thing that they did with the feet that constantly got on my nerves. But yeah, and it was really nominated
1: liked. for an Academy Award
0: and won actually, um, but I didn't really care for it. I just—I just don't care to see makeup feet looking all gnarly and yuck uh it, at least in that movie it just did, i just didn't buy it as a as a transitional device and i did i just didn't it didn't work for me but there are some makeup effects that really really work and i would like practical makeup effect not a cg thing so these are your top three makeup effects in film
1: like horror movies yeah, give an example, or did you already? Exactly yeah, what's that? the one that you really, really like? Take it off the table, so we know no, what No, I'm but, not
0: taking it off the table, no, because I love it too much. No, we
1: want to know what what sort of impelled you to pick this as a topic, so that we know what angle to
2: take. The word effect sounds really vague to me, and if you want me to Kelly Wandify it, you're going to have yourself to blame in a week.
1: Yeah, I mean, me and Kelly Wand will just be talking about the movies that Rob Bottin has done. Do you want that? Here's I do. my question, uh, Tom. I have a question for you. Sure.
0: If I take something off the table and make it very specific, do you think that's going to make any difference in how Kelly Wan interprets
1: this topic? No, but Kelly Wan is not the issue. He Kelly Wand will do what Kelly Wan does. <laughs> that's that's what that's <laughs> Kelly Wan's motto. Uh, but I I'm just trying to think what I'm just curious what inspired this because I just immediately think of cool things in horror movies and I I know that's not what you're doing. Well,
2: we know Dinkus loves, loves makeup. makeup.
1: Name something you think is cool in a horror movie. Well, you know, I'll think of like Rick Baker's American Werewolf in London makeup or Rob Bottin stuff in The Thing. Like those, Fake are, boobs. those are, like those, those aren't those aren't really makeup. Those are like physical effects, I guess. But they they're people's faces being distorted. I mean, I guess that's an extreme example of the feat like you're talking about in Way Back. So I'm just curious at what level you're thinking of, like what. Well, no, be- no,
0: that's that's fine. I, I will include those those types of. Uh, because I've I've done uh, I've been you know in situations where I've had my face made up to look like a werewolf or
2: whatever. And you have of... I mean, yeah, I'm sure you were working. <laughs> sure, Wendy uh, proved.
0: <laughs> and you and you and like a different appliance will be put on, like a fake scar will be put on, and those types of things are fine. So it, a fake scar. um I'm not going to give you the one I really like because that's probably my number one. I, I freaking love that, and I'm not going to give it. But so, so uh, you know, a great scar, uh, just a great instance of makeup. It could be old-age makeup. Um, like oh. there's some – Benjamin makeup makeup that No, really that's good. all
1: digital. Benjamin Button is digital. You can't use that. So it can't be digital. It has to be prosthetic. He said he I, said I, I want it to be practical. I really practical. want it to be practical effects.
0: Um, and I would like it to be, uh, a lower budget film, but it doesn't have to be that. But, but you know, like, uh, like, uh, what's the Dustin Hoffman, uh, Little Big Man? Little Big Man.
2: Tootsie.
0: I mean, you know, <laughs> some, some of the old age makeup that works or old age makeup that doesn't work. Uh, I
1: want you to go for those, those makeup effects that really work for you. All right, Kelly Wand, I'm calling dibs on Tootsie.
2: Oh, I meant the book.
1: Can I use the makeup that Robert Downey Jr. wears in the pre the preview for the new Sherlock Holmes movie when he says get, get that your hand out of out my face. Th- yeah, get yeah.
2: It's if, not in if, your face, it's in my hand. Get your cock out of my hand for five <laughs> seconds. I thought you were a doctor. Get your balls off of my nose what dingus? Your dingus you're just dingus. A- kelly Wand. that's, that's a- disgusting i can't believe that i'm gonna vomit
1: all right so that's our three by three next week our our favorite uh makeup effects um you know what i'm gonna take off the table for myself the two i mentioned so there i'm just gonna make it challenging although kelly Wand, would you take those two for me to make sure they get mentioned
2: uh it'd be mentally challenging
1: <laughs> all right so join us see what we come up with for that next week we will also be seeing take shelter i know you're going what huh take shelter uh not the rolling stones documentary it's a, a film from an arkansas filmmaker starring michael shannon that's all i know limited release see it join us for the discussion of it next week after which we'll talk our favorite makeup effects i am tom chick i have been joined by uh where did i write this down christian matris M- 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 Tr- christian matrinsky it's christian Morosky. and also uh kelly wand
2: Mm. I guess the girl with that amount of wow. highlight zone would have been a poorer part of the human centipede. She had never... You're staring
0: at the top, ah. saying everything is safe. La, la, la. Order is gone, and it's done, and it's done. Order is gone, and it's
1: done, and God is going to get sick
0: One more
2: day Also at the beginning of Empire, maybe um like a scene where Han Solo explains why you didn't just cut Jabba a fucking check? Send it to him, they don't have the fucking FedEx and this galaxy, it's crazy. <laughs>